0: Hello and welcome to Make Sense, a podcast where we focus on one of our five senses.
1: Each week, we'll chat with a new guest and explore their experiences and relationship to that sense. I'm Chanel Miller.
0: And I'm Karen Chi. This week, we're talking about sound with our guest, musician Rishikesh Hirwe, who's joining us later on. Chanel, what are, what are some of your favorite sounds that you've heard lately?
1: Um, okay... Yesterday, I went to see Pam Zhang's book launch for her book, Land of Milk and Honey. And she was reading aloud over at Skylight Books in LA. And I love being read to. And it's one of the things I missed most during the pandemic. I was very lucky to have grown up being read to. And Mm -hmm. my grandparents, my parents, my third grade teacher would just read aloud the BFG. And we would sit on the floor... Great. And actually, one time we were sitting on the floor and I started doing sit-ups and she was like, Chanel, can you save your fitness for later? But I just, <laughs> I loved, I guess I felt so just relaxed.
0: No, the, wait, that's such a great answer. Is there somebody who you enjoy the most listening to you read aloud to you?
1: No, and it it doesn't even matter what the content is. It's also like you can hear the writing gets elevated you're like wow they actually the cadence is so much nicer Mm -hmm. hearing it is a very different experience i have a new level of appreciation
0: i love that so much i remember when i was a kid my parents would read aloud to me but because they are both my because both my parents are immigrants and english is their second language they would read it and read every single sentence with the same intonation (laughs) <laughs> and so as a kid, I would be like, no, this is a sad part. Like, but every single sentence had the intonation of like, I'm just gonna make a sentence of like, Um, and Klaus opened the door and he was aghast at the like beast standing in front of him. Like everything sounded so positive. And I remember being like, I don't think you're understanding what you are reading.
1: <laughs> but you sound so positive. I feel like that
0: transformed somehow. no." Oh no,
1: <laughs> your, your demeanor is like so <laughs> uplifted all the time.
0: Maybe it's from their reading. Maybe one day I'll get really mad and sound exactly like them. <laughs> Chanel, are you ready? Should we welcome our yeah. guest? Yeah. Let's welcome our guest, Rishi Rishikesh Rishi Rishikesh, will you introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Sure. Um, I'm Rishikesh Hirway. I'm in Los Angeles right now recording this. Um, just steps, mere steps from Skylight Books. Um, And uh, I'm in my recording studio where I make music and I make podcasts. And um, some of the podcasts I make are Song Exploder and Home Cooking. And uh, previously, I used to make a show called The West Wing Weekly.
0: We were geeking out about your podcast. And I realized I think I listened to all of them specifically, specifically Home Cooking and Song Exploder. I fell down a rabbit hole during COVID. So mm-hmm. there's like some of the darkest periods of my life. I was just listening to you and your <laughs> podcast. So thank you so much for those.
2: Yeah, and I'm sorry for the associated, you know, sense memories now. Like if I, if you hear me talking, <laughs> you start to feel like you have to go buy N95 masks.
0: <laughs> yes, I heard you and now I'm feeling feverish. and yeah, like her washing her hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ever written a song that you thought was really clear in your intentions of what you were trying to express with it, that when it did go to the outside part, when it went to the listeners, did you ever feel like, wait, everyone's interpreting this the wrong way? This is <laughs> not what I meant for it to be.
2: I don't think that I've had an experience where a song of mine was sort of interpreted by um, a lot of people the wrong way in some ways it would be great because that would just mean a lot of people would have to be listening to (laughs) (laughs) Purple. One of my favorite moments was actually courtesy of my wife. Um, My, my wife and I met through my music. She had, she had heard my, my record um, and, and was listening to it a lot before we had ever met. And, um, and then and then we met, and we we started dating. And, um, and I remember at one point she said she was talking about this lyric, you know, the, the, an image from one of my songs that she really loved about like the house that had legs, you know. And she's like, I just loved that sort of like the like the idea of like the little legs on the house, and like, and I was like, what are you talking? About? <laughs> and it turns out she had completely misheard. <laughs> A lyric where I I said, you know, my house had lain lost in darkness uh for weeks or something like that. You <laughs> heard my house had legs and she was just like, Oh, it's one of my favorite things in one of your songs. And I was like, That's your favorite thing, this thing that doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Honestly, though, the image of a house (laughs) with legs is beautiful and you should write it
1: into a song about your life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can we take it back to your childhood and what you're listening to and what your little setup is, what device you're listening on?
2: Yeah. I was um, mostly a cassette and radio kid. Um, We had a record player, but we only had like... Three records, maybe or four records. Like my mom and dad had a Donna Summer record. Um, that was like the only adult record. Then there was a there was like a Shel Silverstein record. What? Um, I'm reading amazing. poems. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> I think for a long time those were the only two records we had in our house.
1: <laughs> That's your mom and dad.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: and most of my listening was done. Yeah, on, on the radio or uh, eventually my sister, I have an older sister. My sister and I had, um, you know, a boom box and we could tape songs off the radio. And that was sort of how we first started making mixes, just taping our favorite songs off of the radio. And then, um, you know, she got like a Columbia House uh, subscription. You probably don't know what that is, but it was, uh, it was like a mail order thing where you could like, buy cassettes um you, you know it was, it was a little bit of a scam but you would always get <laughs> and, like you get your first eight cassettes for free and then it was some monthly thing um but if you if you were smart you could sign up for it get the tapes and then like cancel your, your subscription
0: yes yes um i do that now
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so she was gonna get eight free cassettes and she allowed me to like get to you know she, she let me she shared it with me and um, and so yeah i used to remember listening to my my tapes and hers and then you know and then much later cd's
0: can i ask cuz i um i heard that your sister taught you how to read is that correct
2: that's right yeah
0: it did she also influence your musical taste do you think beyond the donna summer shell silverstein of it all
2: she she did um she did influence my taste i think especially early on um, because you know she was 5 years older than me and um and i just kind of did whatever she did
1: yeah.
2: or, or just absorbed whatever she absorbed and um my sister just kind of ran with the kids in school and listened to whatever was popular on the radio for most of our, the time that we lived together until she went off to college you know so um i think I mean, she's a great older sister. Like you said, she taught me how to read and I got so much from her, but she wasn't the kind of um, older sibling where you get introduced to like cool underground <laughs> bands. Gotcha. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> so you learn about, uh, yeah, or uh, you learn about the velvet underground because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't get any of that. It was more like, um, well, uh, here's what's on top 40 radio and I'm going to put it on the, to- <laughs> Because when we're in the car, I'm in charge of the radio because I'm the best.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, and she loved mainstream music. It yeah. sounds like is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So and then later
2: she developed her own sort of like more sophisticated taste, and I really and I really love her taste, and I like the the stuff that she listens to. And eventually, I felt like I kind of understood it well enough that I started introducing music to her that I knew she would like. Like I'd hear stuff, and I'd be like this is a song for priya and then i'd you know collect those over the year and then every year i would like give her
1: you know a mix oh that's so sweet that is so sweet my goodness what what kind of things was she reading to you
2: oh um i mean you know when i was learning to read it was just whatever she would just come home from school she'd come <laughs> home from school i wasn't yet in school and she would arrange all of her teddy bears in to a classroom setting with me as you know, in one of the desks as well. And then she'd just get up in the front and she would be the teacher mm-hmm. and kind of like go through whatever she learned in, in school. Um, so it, wasn't, <laughs> uh, it wasn't anything like advanced, you know, she was like seven or eight and I was two. And so we just <laughs> whatever me and her teddy bears could learn.
0: Going off of what you said of making a mix for Priya because now you know what her musical tastes are. How would you describe your own musical tastes and does your music fall into your own tastes?
2: Uh that's a great question. I've been thinking a lot about um the idea that <laughs> that Jeff Tweedy talked about in this book of his How to Write One Song. Um mm-hmm. I was reading that this summer or listening to it actually because I was listening to, there's an audiobook version of it and I also love being read to and so I um I tend to lean towards audiobooks, um, especially these days. Uh, he talked about the idea that like, he, he can't make all the music that he loves. Um, he was talking about the metal band Mastodon and how much he loves M- Mastodon. And he was like, nobody wants to hear me make that music. Um, <gasps> and I think this is a lesson I still have to learn a little bit for myself. I've found so I made four records under the name of The One Aim Radio, and then um, took a long break when I started making podcasts. Or, not because I started making podcasts, I started making podcasts because I basically had writer's block. Um, and when I came out of that writer's block, I started making music again under my own name, but there was like 10 years in between. But throughout all of it, I feel like I've had a little bit of an identity crisis with my music because I think I like so many different kinds of music and I want to incorporate all of it, you know, or as much of it as as possible, everything that's in my reach. And so sometimes I look at what I've done and I think it feels a little bit, you know, scattered brained because um, I love so much electronic music and i also love so much like sad intimate singer songwriter stuff and and i think for so long i've been like well i just want to do both i want to do both all the time i have to make every song be both or i'll be like well this song will be electronic and this song will be a sad singer songwriter song and then i put them next to each other on a record (laughs) and and i think does this make any sense at all (laughs)
1: That's so interesting because your projects have to live together on a record. So maybe there is more pressure to make a more cohesive body of work. Like how, how do you end up assembling or like pulling from so many different things and trying to make something whole out of them?
2: Well, the other part of this is I think that my sense of the scatteredness and the disjointedness um, is actually more exaggerated than it is for other people, because ever since I started thinking about this, I would ask people, I'd be like, which (laughs) of my songs sounds the most like natural to me, you know, And, and I think for other people, they're like, what are you talking about? And I am like, well, you know, clearly I've had to have this song that sounds like way over here. And then this song that sounds that's like way over here. They're so extreme and they're so different from one another. And I need to figure out which one is like the true me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then other people, people who know me well are like, yeah, those songs to me sound like they came from the exact same person and aren't that different from one another. Mm. and so then i'm like well that's not helpful at all
0: (laughs) (laughs) or you've already mastered it it sounds like
2: yeah or or it's actually not a problem at all i mean this is really like (laughs) we're like workshopping the title for for my memoir uh it's actually (laughs) not a problem at all you're just imagining things
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a perfect title yeah (laughs) in song exploder have you uh noticed a pattern in the origin points of songs or where most people's origin points are? Like, is it located in an emotion or a moment or a line or a sound? Have you seen a pattern and what is it often for you? Like, what is the seed of a song?
2: Well, I think that I learned that for Song Exploder specifically, Not all songs make great episodes. Um, oh, I think I, I, you know, I had gone in being like, any song could be a great episode, but then I did interviews where someone would be like, Yeah, I don't know, I like just was like, do to do five minutes, (laughs) had an idea, like made a little beat in Ableton, improvised this thing, and then I was done, you know, and I was like, Well, that's um, okay, interview over. Uh, and you know, like, what do what do the lyrics mean? I don't know. I just thought it was cool. You know, like some, part of it is somebody's <laughs> ability to like be a good interviewee, but some of it is really is like just the facts of, um, the music. So I, I started to learn that since I'm making a podcast that people are listening to really to hear the story of someone's creative process, I needed to feature songs that had an interesting story behind them. Um, Mm. which is hard to sometimes hear from the outside, but you kind of have to base it on a sense of interpreting lyrics and looking at other interviews that the artist has done and what kind of a thinker they are, what kind of brain they might have, how weird they might be (laughs) or something. So because I'm sort of self-selecting for good storytelling, I do find that a lot of the songs that I end up Asking for specifically are ones that come out of some kind of emotional moment, um but that's definitely not true for I would say all songs or you know I don't one of the things that's nice about Song Exploder is also learning how impossible it is to generalize about about some of this stuff. a lot of times, really, maybe most of the times like I don't know, it was a kind of a surprise to me too you know and and here's the demo, and here's the voice memo, and it sounds like garbage, and you wouldn't know that it's a great song um, until you get this far and you persevere and you kind of see it through that was actually really nice for me because I think for a long time I always felt like there's a right way to make songs and I just didn't have the knowledge of it I didn't go to school for it and I didn't have like studio experience and or maybe like I just didn't have the talent to like tap into that stuff and everybody who's great must be doing it one way and I just didn't know what that way was but it turns out that's a myth
0: one of my favorite episodes of Song Exploder is when you had Yo-Yo Ma on, American Treasure. And I was shocked that, because in it, he says that the way he learned to play the famous concerto that he, that he plays very often is that that was like the first thing he learned, right? As a baby on the jello, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, And that blew my mind because I, I played violin growing up and I feel like we were always taught like, you know, you have to practice all your notes first. You have to get rhythm, you have to do all, and then eventually you can maybe play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Um, one of their songs I listen to is like purely instrumental. What is the benefit in your mind of a song not having words? And do you think that maybe in some cases actually having lyrics would take something away rather than add more to a song?
2: Yeah. um, I certainly don't feel like instrumental music is, you know, (laughs) like music that, wasn't fully cooked you know like, yeah.
1: just, like they, they forgot, just forgot. The, lyrics. They forgot yeah. the lyrics oh my gosh oh but I was so mad when I saw Fantasia when I was little enough like, <laughs> somebody say something
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true especially for kids kid watching a Horrible Disney movie
1: get me out.
2: that's why and that's why Fantasia was a huge flop <laughs> <Great. Yeah. laughs> I bet that's true um, <laughs> I guess I sort of might liken it to Paintings that are abstract versus paintings that are figurative, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, does a painting need to be realistic or pseudo-realistic in order to have value? Obviously not. We we know that that's not the case. Um, and like, what does the abstract painting allow you to do? It like opens up your imagination and possibilities and um and other ideas and interpretations. It just like it create space that um, a painting that looks hyper photorealistic while impressive uh, probably doesn't allow for. I think your brain gets to do different kinds of work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that uh, a lot of times a person's voice can be a little bit oppressive. You know, like what we were saying about um, like we were saying, what I was saying about um, <laughs> you know the theory that we all agreed on, um, <laughs> my, my uh, uh, nonsense about someone's voice taking up like most of the personality of a song. Well, if you take that element out, it it allows for all these other things to have personality or takes center stage, like Yo-Yo Ma's cello. Is somebody going to be like? you know <laughs> you know what let me just punch this idea up for you <laughs> and start the <giving> lyrics <laughs> yeah what's beautiful about instrumental music is that like you get to hear all the other things for people who aren't used to it you know it might be a little bit jarring but i think uh suddenly you get to hear like the what the sound of the texture of the bow on the string in a cello, or mm. or in, in an orchestra, or um, you know, there's a it's like a, it's like there's a, a spectrum of colors. Sorry, I keep turning it into a different sensory thing, but like <laughs> no, this is like great. A, a spectrum of colors, and the human voice only takes up a certain band of colors, and um, but they shine really bright. And then when you when you, so when you take that voice away, it allows space to see all those other colors why wouldn't you want to have that experience too?
0: That was such an incredible answer. I love that so much. We will be bleeping out every time you talk about a different sense. So.
1: <laughs>
2: That's great. So you, there's about 12 minutes of usable. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're gonna move on to what we call the final drizzle round. Lightning rounds are too fast and rushed. <laughs> so drizzle round is a sweet little pitter patter. Um, and this drizzle round will be about sound. So, our first question is: what could you listen to for a long period of time?
2: I don't know if this answers your question, but it is relevant, I feel like, to the drizzle round. I sleep with the rain. Uh, app. Um, as I've gotten older, I, like I, I think I just the veil between waking and sleeping is thinner and thinner and thinner for me. You know, like the house creaks and I like jolt awake. <laughs> and so, um, I started using this rain app, and it really works. So I listen to that. I do listen to that for hours, even if most of those hours I'm sleeping.
0: And going off of that, what is the sound that you never want to hear again?
2: Oh there are so many, uh, sounds that like kind of give me the heebie-jeebies. Um, and they aren't, <laughs> they aren't <laughs> You know, so there's one that's like, uh, I really don't like the sound of like, um, cloth on metal. I think like, like if you have to, if you ever have to like clean a stainless steel, uh, <laughs> thing, you know, and like the cloth is too dry. Uh-huh. Something and it's like a dry cloth sound on metal. It really (laughs) don't like that. Yeah, and maybe I'm only just now putting putting this together. You're gonna have to bleep out this whole next section. (laughs) I also don't love flan.
0: Flan, (laughs) wait, the
1: food,
2: and because it's just one consistent yes and oh (laughs) jello the homogeneity of that texture is is not great i think this might be somehow related to my feeling of cloth on metal
0: what is your favorite kind of place to make music that's not a studio or a rehearsal space Hmm.
2: well i really really have enjoyed writing in um in bedrooms my whole life, you know, like that's mostly where I I wrote like for a long time. Now I have this garage that I've turned into a studio, but um, for most of my life, my bedroom has been the place where I've written and recorded music. Mm -hmm. Um, And earlier this year, I went to Maine with my friends who are also songwriters. One of them lives in Maine and one of them lives here in LA. And we went to Maine and the three of us got together and we just were in an Airbnb and we wrote the whole time and just like, the, it was this little, little house in Maine. And we just wrote together in the in the living room.
0: That's so nice.
2: It was really nice. I, I think what I really like is coziness.
1: Is there something you've read about in a book or scene in a movie that you'd like to hear in real life?
2: This might be a cheating. I don't know if this counts because <laughs> it's just music. But
1: We'll bleep it out if it's.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um have you seen the film In the Mood for Love?
1: Yes, the Wong Kar-wai. Wong Kar-wai. Film.
2: So, the theme to that movie is one of my favorite pieces of music. Um I listen to that a lot. That's another thing I could listen to <laughs> for hours. Um I've never heard it live. I've never mm. heard it performed. live.
0: Wait, do you have a musician in mind or or a group of musicians in mind, like an orchestra? Or who would you want to have playing that?
2: To be in a space where whoever the musicians were who created that original piece of music, like to hear them play it, that would be incredible,
0: of yes. course. Yes, yes. That would be amazing. Um, is there a sound that transports you maybe to like a memory or a specific emotion?
2: Yeah. So my old band name the 1am radio um was partly inspired by um going to pick up my mom with my dad Uh, at night my mom worked nights when i was a kid she worked at sears in um in our our hometown in massachusetts and we would go to pick her up you know her shift would end at like nine o'clock or something like that and so i would already be in my pajamas, it would be like bedtime for me but I'd go with my dad, and we would sit in the parking lot um, of Sears and wait for her to come out, and my dad would listen to um, AM radio, talk, talk radio. He would be listening to the news and he'd be listening to sports, but then after a certain point, um, I think around 9 o'clock, it would switch from that to to, you know, like some radio drama kind of stuff. But in general, the sound of that the fidelity of it the kind of like lo-fi crackly um static quality of it uh is so nostalgic for me and and it is so full of so much emotion for me that that was part of the reason why i like wanted to fold it into the name um of of my project because i think for a long time uh, i have always i have wanted to have that be a part of my music that kind of that feeling whatever that sort of um happy sadness of nostalgia i've tried to shoot for that in in the music that i make
0: that's it from us thank you so much for joining us this was truly such a blast
2: thank you so much for having me i had so much fun talking to you both
0: so thanks for tuning in to another episode of make sense with rishikesh hereway and of course with us chanel and karen
1: And we'd love to hear from you, so send a one-to-three-sentence description of something you've experienced to makes.sense.pod at gmail.com, and we might share it on a future episode. Have a great week! Smell you later!
0: All the music featured on today's episode was written and performed by Rishikesh
1: Hirwe. You can check out his stuff on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else. Our producer is Kelly Wessinger. Our engineer is Jack Inslee. Don't forget to like and subscribe.
0: You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts.